0: Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, senior pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Praise God. We are in, what is this, part six. Part six already, and we're still in chapter four. We're in trouble. We're in trouble, y'all. Chapter 4, part 6, y'all, because the further you go into Hebrews, the deeper it gets. So I'm, I'm thinking, man, what have you done, Lord? What have you done? But if he's done it, it's what needed to be done, right? How many knows we've been getting some word in the last few weeks, and we're going to get even more. Because what, one of the main things of the book of Hebrews is it's to convince you of who Jesus is. It is to absolutely use the Word of God itself, the Old Testament and all the things that point towards Him, in just across the board for you to be absolutely convinced that Jesus is the Messiah. If you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, shout amen. I believe it. I believe it. So we're in Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to pick up on verse 14. It's where we left off last week. Uh, and I want to I read it to you. I'm going to read a few verses, a couple of verses, and then we're going to get in some stuff today. Verse 14 says, seeing then that we have a great high priest, this is very key, underline this in your Bible, this is powerful, who has passed through the heavens. Oh, we're going to get into some stuff on that one. Who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession." For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come on. How many knows we need some mercy and grace because we are in a time of need? This nation is in a time of need. We need to be convinced of who Jesus is. We need to know that he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. King of kings means he's the the president of presidents. He's the prime minister of prime ministers. No matter what you call your supreme leader in your country all around the world, he is greater than that supreme leader. Come on. How many of some people have turned politicians on both sides of the aisle into gods? And, and and they've sur- they they care more about what that politician says than what god says and on the flip side some of y'all have turned the other side's politician into the devil you believe everything they say is the devil and it can't be true well the reality is this uh they ain't the devil and they ain't god they ain't neither one of them so you need to quit making man god and you need to quit making man the devil because if man's got breath in him, I don't care how bad he is, his grace is sufficient and can save that man or save that woman. There's always hope if there's breath in our body. Well, I tell you, I don't think some of y'all had your coffee or your cornflakes this morning or something. Do people still eat cornflakes? Does anybody in here eat cornflakes anymore? There's not a well, I've got one person still eating cornflakes. Come on, fruit fruit loops. Cheerios, come on. Uh, what about what about uh, Rice Krispies, Snap Crackle and Pop, Frosted Mini? Oh, you're so healthy. You're so healthy. Getting getting your getting your grains for the day. Does anybody eat oatmeal? I love oatmeal. I love me some oatmeal. Now, come on, come on, come on. Oh, I can't get off food for some reason listen 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 we have a high priest we have a priest that is sitting at the right hand of God forever interceding on be on our behalf he is God now watch this I love this part seeing that we have a high priest a great high priest who has passed through the heavens now y'all ready to get deep a little bit y'all ready now watch this this is deep so you got to get you got to pay attention You read things, and you just read right through them, and you won't see the magnitude of it. Our high priest that we have, Jesus, who has always existed in all three heavens. Let me back up and say that there are three heavens that that we experience or we will experience that exist that the Bible talks about. There is the atmospheric heavens. So you'll hear the Lord talk about, and the windows of heaven opened up and water came out. Well, that's from the clouds. That's from our atmosphere. So the first heaven is our atmosphere that is uh, attached to this earth. That when you leave this earth and go into orbit into outer space, you look back and you see the, the globe of earth, and, and you look back and you see the the, the, the the earth is round. And by the way, it is round. It's not flat. And Because um, the Bible talks about he sits upon the circle of the earth. So come on. Um, so, you know, if you still believe it's flat, we'll talk about later praise god but you see it you see the blue but what you see is you actually are in the second heaven looking back at the first heaven the second heaven is the cosmos it is outer space it is where the planets and the stars and the sun exist. so there's the atmospheric heaven there's the cosmos heaven which is the second heaven and then there is the third heaven, which is the place called heaven, which is where Jesus is sitting on the throne, where Jehovah God is, where he is going to prepare a place for us, that where he is, there we, we may be also one day. Whether it be by rapture or whether it be by way of the grave and glorified body, we're going to be with him there. Can I get an amen? So there are three heavens, not heaven, heavens, our high priest has passed through the heavens our priest has always existed in all three heavens and in order to get here the word became flesh and dwelt among us where are we we're not in any of the three heavens we are on earth we look up and above us is all three heavens are y'all still with me but the word became flesh to, uh, and walked among us. So in other words, in order for the Word to become flesh, He had to come, the Word made a decision to come through all three heavens and become one of us and limit Himself outside of all three places. Are y'all hearing me? While He walked on earth down here, get deep on it, looking up as God Himself who has always existed looking up because of the limitations he put on himself to walk on earth, looking through the three heavens that leads to his home, leads to the Father, leads to where his throne is, he caused himself to walk among us on the earth and to take himself out physically while he was here of the other three heavens. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Oh, I'm, I ain't preaching nothing but Bible. The Bible said he, we know he wasn't in heaven while he was walking around here because he became man. And he said he was tempted in all manner of man, yet without sin. Can I tell you something? I've said it a hundred times, you need to hear it again. The reason he limited himself to being man who happened to be God instead of God who happened to be a man is because he, one of his purposes was not, he had many purposes. Of course, his first purpose was to create the new covenant, die on the cross for our sins and give us access to forgiveness and so forth. But he also came as a man and he walked out and he allowed himself to be tempted in all manner of men yet without sin so that our God can relate to us and we can relate to our God. Oh, I'm preaching good this morning. No, I'm teaching right now. I'm not preaching. But the thing about Jesus is this. He came so that we could see him walking and being tempted. If he did not operate as man who happened to be God, and and when he was tempted, and think about when he was in the garden, when he said things like, Father, if there be another way, let this cup pass from me. Those kind of things. That was the man side of him. That if he would allowed himself to be God, who happened to be man, instead of man who happened to be God, it would have been so easy for him to just leave this earth, go through the heavens, sit back down on his throne, and be done with us. But he chose to stay here throughout all the attacks on his physical brain, attacks on his body, Listen, I'm going to tell you something, what else I believe about Jesus. I don't have scripture to prove this, but I just got to know because when you study the nature of Jesus, if he, if he was tempted like an all manner of man yet without sin, let me tell you something. He hurt in his body like we hurt. Don't think that because he's God and because he's Jesus, when they slapped his back with the cat of nine tails, 39 stripes, he didn't feel it. He felt it. He didn't just allow himself to just take the pain and, and to not hurt him. He felt every blow just like you would feel. When they drove those spikes through his hands and his feet, pierced his side, pushed those thrones into the into the, to his skull as a crown of thorns, he felt it. He felt it. He lived. He suffered. He was tempted here on this earth, yet without sin. He lived a sinless life. He rose from the dead. How many believes he's alive? They laid his body in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, the stone was rolled away, and Jesus came back from the dead. He showed himself by many infallible proofs and walked around and taught and preached for 40 days. At the end of the 40th day, watch this. I think it's interesting. Because remember, we have a high priest, a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens. Everything he did here on this earth, he did it so that we could see, that we could experience, and or that we were going to experience. And, and I'm telling you, I think it's awesome the way he uh, the way he left here to go back to the heavens to through the heavens. I think it's awesome. How many knows Jesus? The Bible said when he was in glorified form, he just walked right through the wall when he went to see his disciples. Read the Bible. It says he didn't even open the door. He just walked through the wall. He walked in there. Jesus had the ability, he always had the ability because he's God. But even his, 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 even the bodily form of Jesus that had now been glorified because of the power of the resurrection, he had the ability to translate himself anywhere. Remember when he was sitting there uh, having dinner with the people that he was walking with on the road to uh, uh, Emmaus? And they're just sitting out and they figure out who he is. He's sitting there eating fish with them. And they're like, oh, my goodness. And they turn around and look at him and they realize who he was. He just disappeared. Jesus could have said after 40 days, Y'all, it's been good. I'll see y'all soon. It's been awesome. But I'm out of here and disappeared. How many knows he could have? But he didn't do that, did he? The Bible said he told, he talked to his disciples, told them, told them to tarry in Jerusalem until so he shall receive the promise of the Father. He went all the way up to the highest place that he could go up to so that everybody could see what he was about to do. And the Bible said when he got through saying everything, his feet lifted off the ground and he began to ascend up into the clouds. Are y'all hearing me? and then he disappeared and the angel they're all looking up at the clouds they watched him slowly disappear to the clouds the angel looks at everybody everybody's like this watching him go and the angel said why stand you gazing uh, for in like manner as you have seen him go away so shall he come again come on y'all hear me i believe that even in the point of the ascension he was trying to tell us it's going to be all of our destiny one day to leave this earth and to go through all three heavens praise God god that whether it be by way of the rapture or whether it be by way of death we're gonna all go through all three heavens my god this is good preaching he passed through the heavens how did he pass through the heavens i don't know i don't know i can't i don't know all i can do is tell you what the bible says i don't know if the moment he disappeared from us he kicked it into light speed god speed put it that way and he was there Or he might just went on through. I mean, he might just enjoyed it. I don't know. He might just enjoyed looking at his creation. I don't know. I know that he ascended slow enough for people to see him go. Because the angels saw people watching him go. I don't know what happened when he got on the other side of the clouds, but I can tell you this. The Bible says that when he comes back, he's going to come. I'm not talking about coming back, but when he raptures us up. If the rapture was to take place right now, the Bible said he will be in the clouds, and we will go to be with him in the cloud. We will meet him in the air. That's what the Bible said. We will meet him in the first heaven, and then he will take us through the second heaven. Come on, Jesus. Then he will take us into the third heaven. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. He's gonna escort us in, because we ain't got no right to go in without an escort. He's gonna escort us in, and if the rapture was to take place right now, seven years from today, will be the end of the tribulation period and it'll be time to set up the millennial reign and we'll be sitting in a place called the marriage supper of the Lamb and while we're sitting at the culmination of that wedding feast he will stand up and he will declare that this dinner's over it's time to go back to your permanent home it's time to put this thing to an end it's time to finish what I started and the Bible said he'll get up, he'll mount a white horse, he'll put on a special garb, he'll put on a special robe that has a name written that no man knows except he himself, written on One thigh is faithful and true. Come on, y'all, hear me. He's going to get up, and then the Bible says, "All the host of heaven will mount up as well." And when they, when down here on earth. When they're gathered in the valley of Megiddo getting ready to turn their their guns on the remnant of Israel that is left just as they're about to take out the last remnant of Israel, the clouds will split again. And the Bible said they'll see Jesus on that wild horse. They'll turn their guns towards him and he'll open up his mouth and out of his mouth shall go a sword of fire and shall consume all his enemies. Come on, y'all hear me. He'll come. Watch this. He left going through three heavens. He took us through three heavens and when we come in back he's going to bring us back through the three heavens and we're going to see it all my god and the bible said when he comes back my lord he's going to come down he's going to put his foot don't you remember what the angel said in like manners you've seen him go away so shall he come again it wasn't just that he would come back through the clouds the last time they saw him in bodily form here on earth his foot was standing on a mountain and when he comes back the second time he's going to put his foot on the mountain again the Bible said he'll put his foot on the Mount of Olives and as soon as he puts his foot on the Mount of Olives he will say "Their time is no more there is no more delay and when he does right between his legs right between both his feet the earth will begin to shake and crack and water will come out the dead sea will be healed the millennial reign will be set up y'all ain't hearing me but i'm talking about we will witness all of it we watched him or they watched him leave this heaven he went through the three heavens that he that he had to come through to become flesh flesh back went back through the heavens our high priest He came, watch this, He came as the Word that became flesh through the heavens. He left through the heavens as our high priest. Y'all didn't get it. He didn't come as our high priest. He left as our high priest. Because the only way you can be the high priest is you have to be sinless and spotless. He said it in His own law here on this earth. He came and lived a sinless life. He took his own blood as the high priest into the holy of of heaven, the holy of holies. And then he became our great high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Are y'all hearing me? He goes on to say 20 minutes to get through five words. I'm so thankful that he didn't just disappear. I'm so thankful, he could, he'd still been awesome if he did. He's standing there and all of a sudden he goes, see y'all, and he's gone. That'd still be a great story to preach. But I'm thankful that he left the way he left to show us the way I go is the way I'm coming back. I'm coming back through the same heavens. I'm leaving, I'm, I'm leaving as your high priest, but I'm coming back as king. Huh? I ri- I had to ride a donkey on this side, but I won't be riding a donkey when I come back. They put a crown of thorns on my head on this side, but there won't be a crown of thorns on that side. I was beaten beyond recognition. Blood and scars all over my body the last time you saw me. I come back this time, my fire is coming out of my eyeballs. Are y'all hearing me? Jesus. So now watch this. He's our high priest, our great high priest, who has passed through the heavens. Come. If you're wondering who he's talking about, I like it when he does that. Jesus, the Son of God. Makes no mistake about it. I'm talking about Jesus, the Son of God. I'm not talking about Moses. I'm not talking about Elijah. I'm talking about Jesus. Is our great high priest. Now, watch this. So let us therefore hold fast our confession why should we hold fast our confession verse 15 for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that so we may obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need let me taste him because he is who he is the great priest because he was tempted in all manner of man but yet without sin we need to grab a hold of that with confidence hold fast to our confession hold fast to our confession hold on to it fight with it stand firm with it because if you know who you are if you can confess that he is the Messiah if you can confess that he truly is God that he truly is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that confession will override anything you ever hear anyone else say If there's ever been a time that we needed the body of Christ to be confident in who Jesus is, it is now. We are being labeled the enemy. Christianity is being labeled the enemy. I mean, there has been bad things over in the history of of our world that's been done in the name of Jesus Christ. I know that, but that wasn't what Jesus wanted. That people hijacked the name Jesus Christ. But let me tell you something. Christians are not beheading people all over the world right now. But other religions are, and they are embraced with love. They are embraced with caring. All these other religions that talk about meditation and, and, and going into some kind of dreamscape and all this kind of weird stuff—they're—they're they're embraced. All oh, this, all oh, these are these are religions of peace. But Christianity is a religion of hate. Religion. That's why they say that. They only say that for one reason, because Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but by me." There is no other way. You you can believe what you want to believe, but you're believing something wrong. You're believing in a false God. Can I say it? Can I declare it? Can I not be afraid to say it? If you believe in any other God except Jesus, you are believing in a false God. I might get a death threat on that one. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You better understand. That's why when your pastor starts saying things like that, death threats come. Church has already got death threats. Church got multiple death threats last year when the pandemic started. People calling us and wishing, hoping that everybody in our church would die. We better hold on to our confession. I like what First Timothy said. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, Paul said, this, this charge I give to you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously spoken concerning you, that by them you may war- wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some is having rejected concerning the faith, they have suffered shipwreck. Let me tell you something, there's a people that their faith has been shipwrecked because they have lost the confidence to speak in who they are in God and who their, guard, who their God is. You better know who you are in God. huh? You better know who you are in God. Those that love you better see a, not an arrogance but a confidence in you. They, they, they need to know that when all hell is breaking loose, they got somebody they can go to that's going to fight for them. That knows who their God is. I don't want some pan be Christian praying for me when I've been diagnosed with something that's incurable or I've been told i got to go to ICU bed. I want somebody that knows how to touch God praying for me. I want somebody that knows how to touch God praying for me. Huh? I don't need somebody that knows how to do ritualistic prayers and go through the motions that have a faith that's been shipwrecked. I want somebody that's weathered a storm. They may have been shipwrecked, but they they floated on a plank long enough to where they could rebuild. There is an all-out attack against the Word of God. You need to understand. You need to know your confession. You You need to confess that this is the Word of God. Oh, there's, there's people that are calling themselves Christians and calling themselves pastors that are saying, it's time for us, and this is the, this is the popular word now, I believe they call it uh, deconstructing their faith. They're deconstructing. Am I saying that word right? Is that what they're using? Deconstruct. They're under deconstruction. I'm talking about people who've been serving God all their life. They're rethinking the Bible. They're rethinking, uh, you know, being stringent on what the Word of God says. They're calling it deconstructing their faith, but what they're really doing is not just deconstructing their faith because it'd be one thing for you to deconstruct your faith in your house by yourself. But ain't it it funny how people who deconstruct their faith has got to make sure they take as many people with them as they can. Huh? They got to get online, they got to make videos explaining their revelation Cause it ain't enough you say you're deconstructing your faith but let me tell you what you need to understand you are being used by the enemy not to deconstruct anything but to tear down and lose and abandon your faith in God and you can't do it by yourself because misery loves company and you got to bring everybody down with you So while the world is deconstructing their faith and tearing down the principles of their faith, why can't we have a generation that rebuilds their faith, that rebuilds the old waste places? Why can't we have a generation that gets online and says, Hey, this is why I'm confident in who I am. This is why I'm confident in my confession that Jesus is the way. Can I tell you something, Rob? you love people, you be there for people, but if you got somebody trying to deconstruct your faith, stop listening to them. Still love them, be there for them, but don't listen to garbage coming in you that's against the word of God. If you hear somebody say, well, the word of God was, was written by great godly men, but it was just men's writings and you can't really take it literally. I don't wanna to listen to nobody that, that tells me I can't take the Bible literally. I don't wanna to listen to somebody that can't tell, tell me that the Bible is not true. Because if you once I let that thought come into my mind, how do I know what's true and what's not true? It's either true or it's not true. The old saying is Jesus was either a lunatic, a liar, or he was Lord. Are y'all hearing me? He was either, he either lost his mind, pretending to be something that he wasn't. He knew what he was doing and he was a liar, or he was Lord. Let me tell you something, ain't no lunatic and no liar has ever kept their story going for over 2,000 years. Amen? It always falls somehow, but it ain't failed yet, so he must be Lord. politicians, media, Hollywood, YouTubers who still live in their mama's basement. Set them up a green screen in their mama's basement trying to tell the world thousands of people. They can't even get a job and find a place to live. They're going to try to tell me about my God? God. Huh? They'd stop edit because their mama hollers at them. It's time your spaghetti's ready, baby. You're trying to teach people about God. Politicians, media, Hollywood, YouTubers, influencers, and here's the big one: preachers are coming against the confidence of the Word of God. It is imperative that your conscience. And your decision-making in this moment is guided by a strong faith. Oh, we're being told all the time, let this blank lead you. Follow the blank. How many of those people that's telling you to follow the blank? You, do you all know what I'm talking about? Science. And I'm believing that. How many knows God ain't got no problem with science? He was the he was the original scientist. He's the one that put things in rotation. He's the one that put things that are in motion that we study. God's not anti-science and neither is the word of God some things that people call science, and I'm not talking about this current thing that we're dealing with, but some things that people call science is not based on anything scientific. It's based on someone's words. And most of the time, if you really delve into and, and deconstruct, there's that word, the words of those people that are using the word science, they really have no evidence for it. It's just an utter hatred for God and creation, and they want to do everything they can do to convince you that creation could not be real. Okay, let me just tell you something. You can believe what you want to believe about evolution. You can believe what you want to believe about creation, how the world was created, whether it was six little days, 6,000, 6 million years. I don't care what you believe. All I know is this. If you're a child of God you believe something that's pretty miraculous, and that is, first of all, there was a baby that was born of a virgin. By the way, science says that can't happen. That is scientifically and rationally impossible. Huh? You're going to have to have a seed. You're going to have to have an egg. Praise God. I heard somebody say this other day. It was hilarious. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you won. You won the fight. You won the race. That's all I'm going to say. There's one of them that beat all the others at a magical moment. And that was you. Come on, you hearing me. Somebody shout, I really did win. Focus, Larry, Focus. So there's something right there. If you believe the Bible, if you're a Christian, a Christian is going to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. If you also believe the Bible, 33 and a half years later, he died on the cross, was put in a tomb, and he laid dead for three days, completely diagnosed dead. And he came back from the dead. That's, That's medically impossible as well. So, If Jesus can be born of a virgin, if Jesus can come back from the dead after being dead for three days, then I believe he can speak something into existence. He can tell a tree to grow, and it'll grow. He can tell the waters to form, and they'll form. I don't care if you think I'm some uh, crazy loon for thinking that. I just believe the Bible. Somebody, I got so many thousand things going through my head right now. Hang on. Somebody asked me one time, I've been asked this several times actually. What will you do, Pastor, if they prove that aliens are real? I think, well, that's pretty cool. That, won't that assault your faith? Not at all. Not at all. Personally, I don't believe in them. I believe people are seeing something. Ain't no doubt about it. I believe they're seeing something. But I, I don't know if there's life on other planets. I have no idea. But life on other planets has nothing to do with my life on this planet. Because the reality is this, I don't know if there is. Jesus could do whatever He wants to do for them at that planet. Because all I know, whether He did or not, He came to this one. He came to this one. He was born of a virgin on this one. He lived a sinless life on this one. He came back from the dead on this one. So whatever He chose to do out there, He can do it. It don't change my faith in what He did for me in this one. Don't 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 challenge me at all. One. Okay, okay, Pastor, but what about this one? What about this one? What if they, what if they prove the aliens exist and then they prove that we're all here because they put us here and we're an experiment? Let me just tell you something right now. If you are stupid enough to believe that somebody could somehow prove that an alien Grace made us, wrote the Bible to keep. I I had somebody one time tell me, well, I don't believe the Bible. I believe the Bible was written by aliens. That's what they told me. They said they they wrote it by aliens because they knew that their people that they put down here needed some kind of moral code so they wouldn't kill everybody. So So the aliens wrote the Bible. There are people that believe that. Can I tell you something? That that person that told me that was emphatically did not want to have anything to do with my relationship with God. That was trying to come against my relationship with God. I want to tell you right now, that same person that said that aliens wrote the Bible is born again now. His entire family is serving in a Holy Ghost Pentecostal church because God's anointing will always override. So yeah, come on. Little green men don't bother me. Don't bother me. <laughs> Y'all having fun at church? Yeah. My, faith is not, my faith is not strong based on what somebody tells me in, in, a, in a television interview or something, some video or some document. Let me just tell you this, too. And I'm not trying to be some conspiracy theorist when I say this. But you've got to understand something. We live in a day now that you can make anything look real. Anything. I'm talking about you you cannot. There was a time not long ago you could say, okay, that just sort of looks fake to me. There is technology out there right now that you cannot tell that it's fake. So you better believe beyond a shadow of a doubt there is wheels turning by the enemy to use this technology to create evidence to assault your faith that looks undeniable, but it is devious, it is evil, and it is not real. You better be careful what you share. Because nowadays, they call this thing called deep fake. Have you ever seen the deep fake technology? It's crazy insane. I've seen them put Tom Cruise's face on all kinds of other people's faces, and it literally looks just like Tom Cruise. You can't do nothing about it. So, what that means is, While you're looking for something that your favorite devil politician that you hate so much, you see something come up and they say it, well, they may have said it, but they may not have said it. And now you're going to really look stupid for sharing it. So here's a rule of thumb. Share the gospel. It stays the same. Some have rejected this is what Hebrews says. It is shocking to me how many believers and even spirit-filled believers who have rejected their faith. Preachers are making decisions based on words of politicians and those who are hostile to the faith. They listen to the doctors. They listen to experts. They listen to media personalities as the final word. But they don't have the final word. What they're saying may be absolutely true. What they're saying may be scientifically and absolutely factually true. But whatever someone says that is absolutely factually true in this world in which we exist, that factual truth that they are speaking doesn't override the Word of God. It is the law. There are certain laws that are in place in this great country now that have been upheld by our Supreme Court that diametrically oppose the Word of God. We have laws in this country. Whether it be abortion, whether it be the definition of family, whether it be all these other things. These are not hate things that I'm saying. These, these are things that do not line up with the principles of God's Word. They are laws. But because they are the law of the land, it doesn't override the Word of God. That does Just because something is a law doesn't mean I have to you know, b- believe in it and promote it. We are to obey the rules and the laws of the land. But when things morally come against the word of God, we have a right and a command from God to speak against that moral failure. We can't accept abortion just because it's a law. Listen, I'm not speaking against ladies that have struggled with that in the past. Please understand, I'm not being uncompassionate. But we can't just accept it because the Supreme Court said it. When millions and millions of husbands and wives and children and pawpaws and presidents and scientists and doctors and people that could have possibly cured cancer never got a chance to live god's word said why y'all so quiet you scared you scared somebody gonna see you clapping online why are you so scared to clap at that why are you so afraid to shout you shot me down a while ago but you won't shout me down now come on church get bold in your faith come on church that's not hate speech we love the mamas we love the ones that's made that decision you are loved and you are welcomed here but we also love the babies." We have a church that is shipwrecked, shipwrecked in their faith. A ship doesn't start out in a wrecked position. Every ship that's ever shipwrecked didn't start out shipwrecked. They left the dock intact. The shipwreck didn't happen at the dock. The shipwreck happened in the midst of the storm. Remember that story in the Bible where, where Paul's on the ship? And, of course, he ends up in, in a shipwreck. But God speaks to him some things that he told him before it ever happened. How many of us, when, when your faith is in God, and you're, God many times will warn you of storms coming. If You'll be faithful to him even when the storm happens. The storm sometimes going to happen. Sometimes your prayer doesn't stop the storm. Sometimes your faith is, grow, is, is developed in the midst of the storm and, and as a reaction of what you do after the storm. But I love that part of the storm where it says they fought the wind. They fought the wind all night long trying to go against it until finally the captain said, we can't fight anymore. We're just going to let it drive. And they took their hands off the wheel, and they let it go wherever it went. Sometimes, you know, Jesus needs to take the wheel. Hey, y'all need to write a song on that. You could make millions. Oh, sorry, I've been done. Sorry. Sorry. Storms will beat at your life. They will beat at you. But here's the reality. In the midst of the storm, Jesus is still there. Sometimes he stops the wind. The winds and the seas obey his voice. Sometimes he walks on the water and assures you, I'm here. Sometimes the ship is wrecked. But he will float a plank right in front of you like he did Paul. Remember what Paul said? Paul said, this ship is going down. But not one of you is going to die. I'm going to tell you something. It didn't look like that when it was falling apart, breaking up. But God's man was right. And the shipwreck ended up taking them to an island. Y'all remember the story? He gets out and they're warming by the fire. The natives of of the the island of Malta was was standing back watching. They didn't know what to think about these people. They were warming themselves. And as Paul goes up, to put some sticks on the fire and warm it up a little bit. He sticks his hand out and a poisonous viper jumps out of the fire, latches onto his hand. The storm brought him there. So already people are judging him. Well, they must not be of God because if they'd been of God, they wouldn't be shipwrecked. And now he's going to die because he's, he's being judged by God because he's, he just got bitten by poison. But when you're right with God, and you got a word on it. Hold fast to that word which was spoken of you, that with it you might war a good warfare. Sometimes that warfare comes in the form of looking the devil right in the face sometimes it comes in the forehead and shaking the snake off and he just stood up and he just shook the snake off in the fire next thing you know everybody says well he must be a god let's worship him he stops and says don't worship me worship Jesus and he leads the whole island to Jesus as a, re- as a response of the shipwreck it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when your ship is going to be attacked and you, it may go down but if you serve God and you lose that ship that you've been riding, if you'll serve him through and float till you, till you ain't got to float no more till he picks you up, I promise you, he's got a bigger and better ship for you coming. Amen. He ain't going to leave you floating. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. I'm thankful that he can sympathize with our weakness. I'm, I'm thankful that we can say, God, this is what I'm going through. And the Lord has gone through a version of it. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1 says, for every high priest, Taken from among men is appointed for men to things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can have compassion in those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he is required, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer sacrifices for sin. And no man takes this honor to himself but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. So what he's trying to say is, he says, listen, everybody understands the office of the high priest. It is is of God in the Old Testament that these men are just men. They were taken from men, and they were appointed to do things pertaining to God. One of the things that they would do is once a year, only the high priest was permitted to do this, started with Aaron, and then it was passed down to his sons. That once a year at Passover, that high priest was the only one permitted to go into the Holy of Holies. And I like what it says here. He says, he can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself are subject to weakness. He is a man just like them. He is tempted just like them. So the priest goes in. Because of this, not only for the people, but for himself, he brings sacrifices. So when he brings the blood and he takes the hyssop branch and dips it into the blood and he begins to sling it upon the east side of the altar for the forgiveness of the sins of Israel, he is a part of of Israel as well. So he is purging, declaring the purging of the sins for his nation and for his own life. It says that he does not take this honor to himself, but he is called by God. Just as Aaron was. And I'm going to go very, very fast in the next 10 minutes. For these things that we see, as the author uh, of, of, of the book of Hebrews, make so sure that we know the high priest is human and the proud high priest must be human listen the office of the high priest was first given to Aaron and his sons following the establishment of the Mosaic covenant in Mount Sinai they were to administer the sacrifices of the articles described by God to Moses on the mountain the high priest was a foreshadowing of the coming Messiah who would ultimately fulfill the office remember Jesus said I came not to destroy the law but rather to what fulfill the law in other words that word fulfill means to become i be i came to become the law i am the law he is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us he didn't do away with the priest he became a priest he didn't do away with the lamb he became the lamb are y'all hearing me that's what jesus did the high priest was the human representative to god he administered the sacrifices on his and his nation's behalf he was over the other priests. he alone would enter into the holy of holies once a year the place called the tabernacle of meeting the tent of meeting and its articles are all copies of heavenly counterparts do you know that in heaven there is an altar in heaven there is a there is a uh, uh, a table in heaven there is the menorah these things the temple itself is is a small replica of the throne of god the temple of god that is in heaven there are They're built to specifications because they were earthly miniature uh, examples of the tremendous thing that we see in heaven. We see it in the book of Revelation. We see it in Exodus chapter 25. We see it in Hebrews 9.23 as we go further. Listen very quickly as I go fast. You're going to have to go back and get the uh, the replay of this. I almost said go back and get the tape. Praise God. Uh, but uh, you're going to have to go back and watch the replay of this to get all this because I'm going to go fast. Listen to this. I want to compare the Mosaic high priest and Jesus Christ. Here we go. Watch this. He, they were called the Son of Man. Aaron was of the tribe of Levi. He was the Son of Man. Jesus was of the tribe of Judah. And, of course, Judah means praise. Appointed by God, Aaron and his sons were selected for the priesthood. The Father uh, said, over his son, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Matthew 3, 17. They were to offer a sacrifice. The Old Testament high priest offered a sacrifice for himself and the people once a year. Jesus also offered a sacrifice himself as the sinless sacrifices for the sins of man. Oh, praise God in the Old Testament. He was known as the chief or the leading priest. He was the only priest that could enter the Holy of Holies. He alone would make atonement for Israel once a year. Leviticus 16. Upon the death, Jesus. Upon the death of Christ, the curtain that separated in the temple man from the Holy of Holies was ripped from top to bottom praise God when he said the words it is finished he then entered to heaven for us with his own blood the Bible tells us that those who trust in Christ as king and priest are kings and priests Christ is the chief of priests there's now only one mediator between man and God the man Christ Jesus in the Old Testament the high priest represented humanity to God Aaron and his sons administered the offerings and gifts before the altar including the obligations uh, for sin offerings, voluntary gifts of thanksgiving. Jesus through Christ. My God, He reconciled to God on behalf of all men and has given us access to the throne of God in heaven. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. In the Old Testament, the high priest wore the names of Israel on his shoulders as a memorial before the Lord. It, Jesus came bearing witness of himself to Israel. Following Israel's rejection of Christ, the Gentiles are now grafted into God's covenant with Israel. Woo! Hallelujah! In the Old Testament, the high priest had a breastplate that he would wear of which it had 12 stones, each engraved one of the tribes of Israel over the heart, and as he entered into the presence of the Lord, Jesus, the new Jerusalem that he's building for, us. It says for the saints is made of 12 different stone foundations and engraved in those foundations of the 12 tribes of Israel with 12 gates with the 12 names of the apostles. Can I go on? Are y'all still with me? Last one. The high priest was to strive for perfection, to be sinless. He was set aside from the people. He wore a turban and a gold plate, stating, Holy unto the Lord God Almighty. Exodus 28:36. Christ attained that righteousness that was sought in the Mosaic priesthood. And I've told you this before. I'm going to tell you again. When they would bring the lamb into the at Passover, the father, the head of household, would take a, a copper tag and stamp the name of that family and would we'll wrap it with a, with a thread around the neck of that lamb. And when they would carry that lamb over the shoulders, and maybe teach his young sons to carry it, they would go up to Jerusalem once a year at Passover. They'd stand before the high priest, and the high priest and the Levites—excuse me—the Levites would be standing there just slaughtering lambs all day long. The blood would channel all the way through the city and out into the water. And when that happened, guess what happened? They they would stand before that Levitical priesthood, and the the priest would say, "Whose name and whose household does this represent?" and he's that you would say this is on behalf of the raglan household they would hold the knife and they'd say for the sins of the raglan household they would stick the knife into the belly of the lamb and that that family would go away believing that the, the blood that the priest would take in would be a mixture of all the blood of all the families well when Jesus died on the cross they nailed something to the top of his head on that cross it was in three different languages And you know it in the Latin language because of the Catholic faith. You've seen it where it was three, there's four letters, I-N-R-I. You ever seen that? That's Latin for king of the Jews. It was written in three different languages. Hebrew, Latin, and Aramaic. And in the Hebrew, it's yud heh vav And that yud heh vav which is four Hebrew letters, means the secret name of God, Jehovah. And that's why the priest looked up and said change it change it change it to he said he was the king of the jews and pilate said what it is it is i'm not changing they wanted to change it because what they realized was the lamb that they were so accustomed to having the name of their father wrapped around their neck are y'all hearing me as jesus hung on the cross jehovah god's name was right above his head and he was saying this is my lamb this is, the, this is for the sins of everyone that I've ever created for my children. This is for the sins of the world. And he said, it is finished. When they dropped his, I hate to put it this way, but this fact, when they, when they brought his naked, completely naked, blood-covered, cover, blood beaten body down off that cross, that was the human side of Jesus. They wrapped him in that linen cloth. They carried him off that hill to a borrowed tomb of a man named Joseph of Arimathea. The there, the there was the man. There was the man. There was the man. There was the word that became flesh. Can you imagine the guys that brought him in and set him down in that tomb? We don't know who they were. Probably people that followed him. John was probably involved because he was the only one at the cross. And as they're walking out and they're turning and they're looking and they're seeing that white linen cloth covering the form of a body. They hear the, the sound of rock on rock being slid in place. And then for just that brief second, Jesus was gone. The Roman soldiers sealed it with the, with the seal of Pilate, drew their swords, and stood. And dared anyone to enter. In that tomb was the man. But the Bible said he that ascended was also he that first but descended. So while the body laid in that tomb, the Word, the Spirit, the pneuma, The breath of God didn't go up, it went down. Went through the base and the belly of that tomb, all the way through the mountains, all the way through the granite, all the way through the crust of this earth and found the place called hell. Went into hell while the man was laying in the tomb. Jesus, the word of God, went into hell, took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. The Bible said, made an open show of the devil in front of all those that chose to follow him. Mocked him. Went into the place, the holding place called Abraham's bosom where all the Old Testament prophets were. There was Moses. There was Aaron, the first high priest. Until that moment, no one was revered in the high priest world like Aaron. Until that day. Because he said, I'm here. Isaiah, I'm the one you talked about. I was like a lamb to the slaughter. David, the shepherd that you said was your shepherd, I'm here. Moses, when you wrote down my Ten Commandments, I wouldn't allow you to see me because no man could see me and die. He went down, I am this, I am that. I am the one you prophesied. I am the one you prayed for. I am the one you pointed to. I can see, because Jesus knows everybody, right? He don't know just the big names. He knows everybody. In fact, that day he introduced everybody to a person that none of them knew. That was a thief on the cross right next to him. Because he said, this day you will be with me in paradise. Huh? Y'all got to meet this guy right here. Me and him just was having a conversation. But I could see Jesus because he knows everybody. He can look at those that fashioned the ark. Hey, when you was putting those angels together, man, you did a great job. I'm about to show you the real deal. The replica that you made. Because I am everything that every one of you was hoping for. I am the Messiah. The Bible said he emptied out Abraham's bosom. That means everyone that was in that room believed him and confessed him as Jesus Christ. Can I blow your mind? Can I blow your mind? The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God that didn't just start though in the new testament how many of us all have sinned and come short of the glory of god and it says there's none good no not one It says your righteousness is like filthy rags you can't earn your salvation so you know what i mean the, what the bible says you got to confess him with your lord mouth with your with your mouth that he is lord and believe in, within your heart that god has raised from the dead thou shalt be saved i'm going to tell you what happened i'm going to tell you what happened there was there was a revival meeting and there was an altar call that happened by jesus himself And and let me tell you something, because if they study scripture, then that means that Moses confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. David confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. Adam confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's the only way you get to heaven. So they came with him. When that tomb opened up, man, it was a big deal many of the old testament prophets came out of their tombs some have been dead for hundreds of years started walking around with jesus saying he is who he says he is And when his feet disappeared off that mountain and ascended to heaven the bible said he disappeared in the clouds and he, and he, and he left here on a cloud i'm going to tell you the book of hebrews is also the one that tells us behold such a great cloud of witnesses i believe that when he went to heaven he took abraham's bosom with him paradise is now in heaven and when people die in the Lord now, their spirits go to heaven because that's that's where paradise is now. I believe that when they looked up and they saw the masses of people from the Old Testament, that it was described as a cloud. It was a cloud of witnesses. He says the same way you see me go away with thousands of people with me, you come see me come back with billions of people with me. Ain't God good? Give the Lord a praise right now. That's our priest. That's our priest. That's our king. That's our Lord. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, if there's anyone here in this building, anyone watching online that doesn't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that their heart is right with God, let this be the day that they confess you, just like everyone has ever had to confess you to come into the kingdom, that they confess you as Lord and Savior. Maybe there's some people here watching online that have known you, Lord, They've walked with you, just like Adam, but then they allowed the words to distract them and pull them away from relationship of walking with you, and they chose their own way. And now they realize the Holy Spirit is showing them, convicting them. The only way for true joy and happiness and peace in their life is to come back to Jesus, rededicate their life to Jesus. If that is you, if you've never been born again or you have been born again, and you need to rededicate your life to God. I'm going to ask you to come down to these altars right now. Let me lead you in a prayer of repentance. Come on. Who is it? I'm telling you, when, when one or two start coming, others come. See, you, you thought you was by yourself. You're not alone. You're not alone. Thank God. Thank. I'm so thankful for young people who, who are hungry to have their hearts right with God. I remember those days. I still have those days. Still, I'm 53 and I still have those days where I just kept going back to the altar. Kept going God will will take you every time you come. Is there anybody else that's got some things they need to get right with God? Praise the Lord. Don't let the enemy keep you there. That discouragement and that shame and that repeated failure of your life, don't let that be the reason. Because I'm going to tell you something. God would rather you come and walk through that and come down. Even if in the back of your mind you're thinking, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do it. He'd rather you come because by the time you step out, you take one step, he begins to walk with you and for you. He'll take you places that is impossible in your mind to believe that you can go. But you've got to be moved by faith. Anybody else? Anybody else? Church, will you stand to your feet all over this house and stretch your hands towards these? This is a big deal for them to come up. It's a big deal. Will you stretch your hands towards them? Those that are up here, I want you to pray this prayer, and I want the whole church to help them pray. Everybody, in the name of Jesus, let's say this right now. Jesus, I confess you as the only king and the only Lord in the whole world that really matters. You're the only way. Jesus, I believe you are the Messiah, the King of kings. The Lord of Lords. You are the Savior of the world. Jesus, you died for my sins and came back from the dead for me. So I accept you into my life. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I ask you, Jesus, right now to forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I believe That through my confession, you will do what I have asked you. So therefore, I declare, I am forgiven. I am clean. I am your child. I am going to heaven. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name. Everybody give him praise right now. Give him praise.